It's so good to be here tonight with you all. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 is where we'll be tonight as we continue in our Beatitudes series on the Sermon on the Mount, uh, the famous passage of the Beatitudes, um, kind of looking at the, the blessed life, as so you would call it, from this text from Matthew chapter 5 and what Jesus is communicating to his disciples. And so as you're turning there, I want to ask the question tonight, what do you long for? What do you, as a human being, as a Christ follower in this world, what do you long for? What have you longed for in your life? Maybe you long for world peace. Maybe you long for someone in your family to come to faith in Christ. Maybe you long for someone that you know to take their next step in their faith in Christ to become a baptized believer. Maybe you long for the final removal of sin and its pollution on this world. What do you long for? You see, people in this world, people here on earth, are consistently, constantly pursuing worldly things. And they're longing for things of this world because they're attempting to satisfy their own needs. They're pursuing material things. They're pursuing relationships. They're pursuing passion, power, status, position, the American dream. And people are longing these different things in this life, thinking that those things are going to ultimately satisfy themselves. And some people pursue worldly things, the things of sin, broken relationships and drugs and alcohol and sex and fame, popularity, all these different things of the world, thinking that those things are going to ultimately fill that hole or that void in their life. And if you've been there like me, you understand that chasing the world and the things of this world will always leave us empty. Will always leave us wanting more and desiring more and trying and attempting to fill that hole in our life. But the thing is, things of this world, they won't fill us. They won't satisfy us. They can't. Spiritually speaking here, they cannot do this. And so tonight, I want us to look at Matthew 5, verse 6, and address what Jesus tells us to pursue. What he truly calls us to desire. What he tells us what will ultimately fill us and satisfy us. And Pastor Jay, he's already been making me hungry tonight by thinking of dessert. Anybody out in the crowd in that category? (laughs) Ready for dinner after Ryan gets done talking? (laughs) And I don't know about you, but I like food. You like food? Who likes food? Yeah, we got a lot of liars in here that didn't raise their hands. Um, I I like food. I like food for two reasons. One, because it's good. Have you tried it? Um, It's it's really good. And and two, I like food because I need it. We have physical needs, do we not? And Jesus, in this text, in the Beatitudes, he addresses the fact 
that we have true, real, spiritual needs. Again, he's calling us here to realize what this is. And so Matthew 5, verse 6. Hear these words of the Lord. Jesus speaking to his disciples. He says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Let's pray as we begin. Father God, I thank you so much for tonight. I thank you for your word. God, over these next few moments, I just pray that, God, you will speak clearly through me, and God, get me out of the way so that you can get in the way. Father, that your word will just speak to our hearts tonight. God, open our eyes, open our ears to what you have to tell us through this incredible verse in Matthew 5. Father, we love you and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you've been here the last several weeks, last week we kind of had a, a, a gap between the, the previous Beatitude because of the Global Mission Celebration, but we've kicked off this new series on Sunday nights for looking through the Beatitudes, and Kenny, Mark, and Justin tackled the first three, which were poor in spirit, um, the being uh, mourning over our sin, and then blessed are the meek. And so we kind of walked through those, and so as you study the Beatitudes, as you walk through the Scripture that's so familiar to us, I want you to understand this, as, as the other guys have been talking about too, is that there is a logical flow to these verses. In order to move from one beatitude to the next, you must know the context for the previous beatitude and so forth. And so there's this logical flow and shift that takes place in these beatitudes. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Blessed are those who are mourning over their sin. And then that leads you to become meek. The blessed life. You are blessed if you do these things. And so those first three Beatitudes, what those are doing is you're emptying yourself. And so in order to fill yourself, you first have to empty yourself. And Jesus is getting at the heart of this here in this text. That if you're going to come to me, if you're going to be in the kingdom of God and live in the kingdom of God, you empty yourself and then you pursue righteousness, you begin desiring and hungering and thirsting to be filled. And once you're filled, this is how you live. And I'm not going to get ahead of myself. The next preacher is coming and talk more about that with the next Beatitudes. But that's kind of the flow here, the logical thought process in the Beatitudes. And again, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, having this ambition, this passion, this desire for this. In this verse, it doesn't say, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for blessedness. It doesn't say, blessed are those who desire success, power, status. It doesn't say that, does it? That's why Jesus says in Matthew 6, 33, which we sing this every Sunday night. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Have you ever gone to your refrigerator in the middle of the night? Maybe just late at night. Maybe a lot of you guys are going to do this tonight when you get home. After dinner, you're just still maybe a little bit hungry. And so you go, a lot of the guys in the room are like this, and I'm like this a lot. And you go in your refrigerator, walk down your kitchen, you open the refrigerator up, and you just stare. You, you follow me? You, you just kind of stare at it, and you're thinking, 
I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, but I have no idea what I'm hungry for. But I know I'm hungry, I have wants, I have needs, but I don't really know what I truly need in this moment. And I think that's where a lot of us are in this world that don't know Christ. People don't know what they need. And Jesus breaks this down for us and says that we need righteousness. We need righteousness. And so that begs the question, as we move through this outline, that begs the question, okay, what is righteousness? And righteousness in this text has a twofold meaning. It's twofold in this text. And so righteousness is a big church word. It's tossed around a lot through the entire Bible. It's an important word to know and understand. And we could spend hours upon hours talking about this specific word. But at its, at its core, it's the holiness of God. It's, it's the opposite of sin. It's, it's living according to God's standards. It's just. It's upright. And oftentimes people think that good works produce righteousness, which is quite the opposite. Is that righteousness is what produces good works. And so in this text, I want to see there's, there's two meanings here. Number one is this, is justification. There's this big justification meaning. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. For they shall be filled. That's the promise there. But again, what is Jesus kind of communicating to us? If we're emptying ourselves, if we're now desiring righteousness, what does this exactly mean here, Jesus? What are you communicating to your disciples? What does this mean for us here in 2020? Well, first of all, justification, the big church word, if, if for unbelievers, this really applies to unbelievers here. Because you're emptying yourself, you've recognized your sin, humbly become before the Lord, mourned over your sin, submitted your power unto the Lord, you're emptying yourself, and now you're desiring salvation. You're desiring something with true meat, with true meaning, with true value. And so justification, this big word that we toss around church, is simply being made right before God. Write that down. Being made right before God. And so we are imperfect people serving a perfect, holy God, and we are unrighteous. <laughs> we see that we are unrighteous because of our sin. And if we could become justified or made right before the Lord by doing the right things or by obeying the Ten Commandments, by fulfilling the law, we would be able to do that. But unfortunately, we know that we can't do that. We can't become righteous based off of what we do. You see, we needed someone to come to earth to cover us with righteousness. And thanks be to God, that's what the Lord did through His Son, Jesus. When a person initially is seeking righteousness, is having that hunger and that thirst and that desire, they're seeking salvation. And that we receive this free gift of salvation by repenting of our sins and trusting in Christ alone for our salvation, believing what Christ did on the cross and through His resurrection. Therefore, we are justified by our faith. We're justified, made right because of our faith, not by doing good works. You see, righteousness, 
that we're desiring and, and hungering for is not earned by what we do. Rather, it's given by what Christ did. It's given by what Christ did. Write the scripture down, 2 Corinthians 5.21. That's why the Apostle Paul said, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. <laughs> the Pharisees had a problem understanding this. In Matthew 5, verse 20, Jesus says, For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. See, Jesus is communicating again that it's, it's not about doing all these righteous acts and, and doing all these good things. You're not saved by doing those things. You're saved for those things. But you're unrighteous. And he clearly lays that out through the rest of the Sermon on the Mount, right? The Pharisees were good people in a sense, right? They had the outward actions that looked good. They went to church. They tithed. They, they knew the scriptures. But in their heart, they didn't know Jesus, he calls them unrighteous. Unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees, is what Jesus is calling us to, to have faith. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2.8, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not of your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one can boast. And then Philippians 3.9, these are important scriptures to know. And being found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. You see, what we're seeing here, this justification is, is this big, great exchange that we give Jesus our sin and he imputes his righteousness upon us. He bestows his righteousness upon us when we give him our sin and give him our life and trust in what he's done. The ABCs of evangelism. Admit you're a sinner. Believe in what Christ has done for you and call upon the name of the Lord. That's how it's done. That's how you receive that free gift. But being hungry and thirsty for righteousness is continual. It's an ongoing process. It doesn't stop after you become a Christ follower. It doesn't stop after justification. So the next part here is the sanctification meaning that's implied here from this verse. Blessed are those who desire, who hunger, who thirst for righteousness. So for the unbeliever in the room, this applies, and it also applies for the believer. If you're already in Christ, there's this continual cycle that when you know Jesus, when you've tasted the kingdom of God and who Jesus is, you want more. You hunger and you thirst for more. When you get a good bite to eat tonight, man, you might go to some, some good places tonight for dinner. You'll get, and you'll be full and you'll be satisfied. But then tomorrow you're going to hunger and possibly thirst for more of that food because it was just that good. That's the life in Christ. That you're initially satisfied in Him because you've been justified before Him. But you want more and more. That's what sanctification is. It's the process of becoming holy, becoming more righteous in his eyes. The process of becoming holy. Philippians 1, 9 through 10, the Apostle Paul says this to the Philippians. He says, And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless 
blameless for the day of Christ. And that sanctification process is this process of us longing for the day, the final removal of sin and its pollution, because we will still struggle. So church, do you long for that? Do you long to be holy and just? Do you long to be made perfect? Do you have that holiness back in your life to, now that you're in Christ, you long to exemplify the fruit of the Spirit and to obey the words of the Lord, to follow His will, to become more and more like Jesus, to think upon heavenly things. Those are the things that this means to hunger and thirst for this, for these words. It's a desire to make wise decisions because we want to look more like Christ. It's not pursuing worldly things. It's not walking down the path of destruction and purity. And once you get that taste, church, man, you're going to get more of it. Because <laughs> it will fill you. It will satisfy you. And it's that continual cycle. And so the question there, how do I get this spiritual hunger and thirst? I understand there's this justification, implication there, this this sanctification meaning, but how do I get the spiritual hunger and thirst for righteousness? Jesus is calling us for this. He said, blessed are you if you do this, for you are in the kingdom of God. So four quick things here. These are simple things, but really crucial for us as Christ followers as we serve in the kingdom. Number one, be in the word of God. You want to know how you have have this ambition and this desire is to remain in His Word, to read it, to meditate on it, to devour it, make this a part of your spiritual diet, to read His Word, to know it like the back of your hand, because it speaks life and truth into our lives. And once you read it, man, you want to read more and more and more. Number two, Stop filling up on the world. Stop filling up on the junk of the world. And this is where a lot of us need to take practical steps here. <laughs> you wanna, you wanna, we want to continually, as Christ followers, we want to pursue righteousness, have this cycle of continually hungering and thirsting for righteousness and who Jesus is and being in his kingdom. And so the ways we do that is to stop filling up on junk. Man, if, if internet's the junk in your life, get rid of it. If there's a relationship in your life that's pulling you away from Christ and His righteousness, get rid of it. If TV's the junk in your life, throw it out. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it is for you, but whatever it is, stop filling up on it. <laughs> because it's going to pull you away ultimately from Christ and what He wants for your life. Stop filling up. Number three, preach the gospel to yourself daily. This has been something that has been so profound to me as a believer. That each and every day, when I wake up preaching the good news of the grace and mercy of God to myself. And that gets gets me fired up. It gives me reason to live. It gives me reason to press on that there is a good gospel. There's one gospel 
For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son to die for your sins and for my sins. To be crucified on the cross that you and I deserve. And he rose on the third day for our sins. Because he rose, we too can cross from death to life if we've trusted and believed in him. And that's good news. And when I do that, when I preach that message, when you continually preach that message to yourself, I want more of him. I want more of his righteousness. I want more of his word. I want more prayer. I want more community with Christ. I want more. I desire and long for that holiness, that day of glorification in my glorified body. I long for it. Do you long for it? Number four, surround yourself with people who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness. We're doing that here tonight. (laughs) The body of Christ gathered together, pursuing Jesus together, worshiping Jesus together, pursuing righteousness together. Being in small groups together, pursuing Jesus in unison. Now, we're definitely called to be with lost people, people who are far away from Christ. We're called to this. We're called to minister to people, preach the gospel to people who are far from Christ. That's why we go on mission. But in the midst of those things, in the midst of being around lost people who are far away from Christ, you and I also, we have got to surround ourselves with people who are pursuing Jesus with us, who have a hunger and a thirst for this as well, because that encourages the body of Christ. It challenges the body of Christ. It uplifts the body of Christ, because we can't do it alone. We do this together. We run this race together. So my encouragement and challenge for you is to surround yourself, continually surround yourself with people who are pursuing this together, that want to follow the will of God, to obey His Word, to love the Lord faithfully. So what's the point of all this? Again, just to paraphrase Jesus' words here. Blessed are, he, said, he himself says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. So in a sense, what this is saying again is those who have a longing, a craving, a desire to, meet, to be made right before God and to be made holy will be filled. That's good news. The promise is that we will find satisfaction in this life by pursuing Christ Jesus, by pursuing his righteousness. The satisfaction comes upon us when we've been justified, when you've seeked the Lord you've been justified to receive that salvation and you're continually filled in him when you continue to know him more and you're sanctified more into his image and you can begin to look more like Jesus. And so my question for you tonight is this. Application. Do you long to know him and to look more like him? If you're an unbeliever in the room, which I know it's a Sunday night crowd and 
I don't ever like to make assumptions. But maybe there's an unbeliever in the room, and maybe you long to know Jesus. Well, let me just tell you that he is sitting here tonight handing out his free gift of salvation. And all you have to do is give him your sin and receive that gift, and his righteousness will be imputed upon you. And he will no longer see your sin, but he will see his son Jesus through you. Or maybe you're on the other side of that coin, and you are a Christ follower. And you want your life to look more and more like Jesus. Is that you tonight? Say, I hunger and I thirst for this. I want that for my life. I pray that we can all in this room say the words of the psalmist in Psalm 42, verse 1. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. Is that you here tonight? Do you long for that? Let's pray. Father, we do long for you. We long for that day where we will experience glorification. God, we long for that day where we will be completely holy in your sight, Lord. We do long for that day for the final removal of sin and its pollution on this world. But God, as we live our lives here, God, I pray that we will continually be sanctified in you, that we will pursue you in your righteousness. We will have this craving, this desire, this ambition, this passion, this intense craving to know you more, to look more like your son Jesus. So Father, I pray right now if there's someone in this room who hasn't received the free gift of your salvation, of of your righteousness, I pray right now that they'll make that decision. God, they will give you your sin in exchange they'll receive your righteousness. And because of that, they'll be justified before you, and they'll continue on the path of sanctification, ultimately to one day experience glorification. So, Father, I thank you for this message. I thank you for your word. We love you so much. and praise in Jesus' name. Amen.